the All Yellow Jackets podcast. I am your host, Jackson Caldwell, the publisher of AllYellowJackets.com. Recording here Thursday afternoon, nearly about 48 hours from now, will be Bobby Dodd kickoff against Bowling Green. I'm here to prime you, get you ready for that. It's going to be a big game this weekend, looking to get to 500 for the first time since 2017. Like, think about that. Like, that that's a pretty big deal. And it's also just, you know, looking smooth, getting ready for a big primetime game against Miami in a couple in, next weekend. So, um, yeah, here to get you ready. We're going to talk a little basketball at the end. Uh, I know it's it was still a little bit of ways from uh, basketball, but schedules were released this week for both men's and women's teams this year. So wanted to dive into that just a little bit. But as always, first thing you want to do, if you're watching on YouTube, would really love the support if you like the video. Subscribe to the channel. It, it means a lot to me. I love Love covering this team. Love making this kind of content for you guys. So if you can do that, leave a review on YouTube, five stars, three stars, one star, whatever you think this deserves. Would really appreciate that. And uh, let me let me hear your thoughts. <clears throat> Always looking for feedback and ways to improve this. So I guess let's dive. Well, I guess before we dive right into it, some, some news today. Like I, I know not everybody loves uniforms and uniform talk and how you look and everything. They just want the results of the game. But it was noteworthy today. Georgia Tech dropped some new, uh, what they call ghost uniforms. I thought they looked pretty cool. Um, the numbers are supposed to glow in the dark. I know it's an afternoon game, so it's not going to be the perfect time to drop these. But um, you never know. With, with the uncertainty of game times and everything, you don't really know when you're going to get a night game. So it, it's cool to debut it now. I thought they looked pretty good. There's an article up on the website over at All Yellow Jackets. If you want to see them, go check it out. I'm sure – 99% of y'all have seen them or something. Um, and like I said, I know uniforms and, and what they're wearing is not everybody's cup of tea, but it is out there. I thought, and I thought they looked pretty good, but um, so let's dive into the game. And I guess, you know, we always start with big picture stuff here, you know, looking before we really dive into the nitty gritty um, this week. So got a big win last week, two and two, got a win on the road against Wake Forest who. I'm not sure how good of a team they are this year. Like, they're still a bit of an unknown. They're three and one with their only loss to being to Tech. Their strength of schedule is horrendous. But I do think you can take solace knowing that Dave Clawson, like, he just goes to bowl games at Wake Forest. He always puts out good offenses. He goes to bowl games. He wins seven, eight games a year. You know, in the recent years, when you know, when they had Sam Hartman and A.T. Perry and um, so, some really, really talented players. They, they were winning uh, – they were up in the top ten in the AP poll. They were ranked most of the time. Like, they may not be a great team this year, but I think to go on the road and get a win like that, and especially the way it was won. Like, you know, Georgia Tech's offense gets a lot of the attention this year, but defensively last week was really, you know, where they shined. You know, eight, eight sacks, five turnovers. Like, that'll do. That'll do. And, you know, you, now you're looking for – repeat performances something to build off of which is you know the players told us after the game last week was something they're really looking to do and you know you're no disrespect you're running into a good opponent to do it to this week so two and two overall would get to three and two with a win this week and like i said it'd be the first time since 2017 they'd been above 500 um heading into october so that that is a really big deal you know i know they were above 500 in 2020 when they won that first game against florida state Everybody knows what happens after that. So it's a, it's a really big game, you know, and I think the main thing, injury report, uh, Brent Key did talk injury today before I get into anything else. Chase Lane remains out. Um, I think, you know, he, he is available in an emergency situation, much like last week. But, I, I, you know, 
you don't want it to come to that. Like that emergency situation means injuries. So you, you don't want it to come to that. I don't think they're going to need him this week. You know, I, obviously Key would never admit that publicly, but I, I, you know, I think the thing is, okay, we're playing Bowling Green this week. We can win this. We should be able to win this game in a lot of different ways without him, even though we'd love to have him. You're going to need him next week if you have any, you know, if you want to have little faults and put yourself in the best chance of success against Miami and maybe pull an upset on the road. Um, so he is out. Gordon Williams is out a couple weeks. You know, he went down early in the game against Wake Forest. Jakai left, which came in and I actually played fine. Like, you know, I, he, he's had his ups and downs during his career for sure. Um, but he, he came in and played pretty well. You know, you, you could look at his grades on PFF. The offensive line as a whole from a pass blocking perspective was actually really good. Um, and, and didn't allow him to get sacks. And Wake Forest, you know, they they were leading the conference in sacks um, heading into that game. Um, so pretty good job. He is almost definitely getting the start at right tackle. He said – Key said Williams will be out a couple weeks. I think they're hoping to get him out of the bye week against Boston College, and that's a home game. So I uh, hate to see Jordan go down. Talented player. He, he's, he's made some improvements this year along with pretty much everybody on the offensive line. So we hope those two can get back healthy quickly. Um, all right, so we got a 3.30 kickoff this weekend against Bowling Green, who is one and three up to this point. Head coach is Scott Leffler, who is, who's been there for a little bit. Um, Bowling Green, their only win this year is against an FCS opponent in Eastern Illinois. They have doubled it. They had lost by 10 to Liberty. They played Michigan, lost 31 to six or 31 to seven, I believe. And then they, they got housed last weekend by Ohio. And I'll say uh, when healthy, Ohio is probably the best team in the MAC. Their quarterback, Curtis Rourke. Um, if you if you want to hear a hot take today, Curtis Rourke, the quarterback at Ohio, he would start at Alabama over any of their quarterbacks. Like I, I'll put my name to that one. He is a very, very good quarterback. Ohio's a good team, and, and they, they put it on Bowling Green last week. And, you know, when you look at Bowling Green, a, a few things stand out. Their passing game has all kinds of issues, and a lot of it stems from just questionable quarterback play. And they turn the ball over a ton. They're, they're not great at blocking anybody. The most impressive thing about this team, you know, when you just look at the stats, is their pass defense. Like they, um, let's see, they're like I think fourth in the MAC, and they're up there like 28th in the country in uh, pass defense. When you take a closer look at it, though, teams not throwing on them much because they're running the ball so well. Like Michigan, I think threw 13 times against them. Like they were not letting JJ McCarthy get out there and just freelance it or anything. Ohio, they didn't even run. I just talked about how good their quarterback was. He, was th- he only had to throw 16 times and completed 13 passes. Like, there's uh, there's just a lot of ways to beat this Bowling Green team. And, yeah, the pass defense may look impressive on paper. But I, I just think when, when – this is by far the best passing offense they played. Like, just that's the best way I can articulate it. And I, I think offensively, Georgia Tech should be able to have any kind of success that they want to. Um, you know, this was sup- – it wasn't terrible last week. Obviously, you know, you put up 30 points. You did some things well, but red zone offense was inefficient. You know, it, it was while I was thrilled to see Aiden Burr hit three field goals, touchdowns are better. You know, seven points is better than three. It doesn't take a genius to figure that out. So what I'm looking for, number one out of the offense this week is cut the turnovers down. Like this is not a game you want to be sloppy in because when you're – Georgia Tech is a 22-point favorite. They don't get to say that a lot right now. Hopefully in the future they can, but right now they can't say they're a big favorite a lot of the time. You know generally how those how teams pull big upsets? Like they, they force turnovers and other teams are sloppy. Uh, the the favorite team usually beats themselves. Like it, it, you have to have a lot of things go right to pull an upset of that caliber. 
and it's not even just the upset. You don't want Bowling Green hanging around because it, that one, that's just not a good look. Like that, that, that's just not the look you want to give out. You want to come in, handle your business, and offensively, the number one thing is just keep the turnovers down. And they've done a good job of that. Like that's not something like you know I'm, I'm harping on it here, man. That's not something they've done. Like Haynes King pressed a little bit at times last week. There was uh, maybe it was the third or fourth drive in the game. He was trying to go deep to sing- Eric Singleton a couple times. He forced a throw. It was almost intercepted. Then he did it again just like a play or two later, and it was, it was intercepted. That was pretty much the only mistake of the game. Um, but you want to see those type of things and give Bowling Green any sort of life because you, you just you want to come in, cut the head off the snake, get out. Like that that's the main thing here. And you get giving them any hope or chance to win the game. You do that by turnovers, keep that down. Number two, as I was hinting at earlier, just clean up the red zone issues. Like just finish off drives when you get in the red zone. Now, if they just go out there, score a bunch of points via explosive plays, that's nice, but it doesn't really solve your uh red zone question and that that'll still be lingering going into the Miami game. Like I, I want to see them score points and they, they want to see themselves score points in really any way possible. But when you get down in the red zone, when the field gets tighter and you got to stay out, stay out of the second and third longs, which was something they did not do a good job of last week and be able to punch the ball in the red zone. You know what would help doing that? And that brings me to point number three, and that's running the ball effectively. When you look at it, the numbers are fine from last week. You know, that they're not going to blow you away, but they're not terrible. Like Jamal Haynes had a big touchdown run at the end of the game. But really from drive to drive and down to down, they didn't run the ball all that well. That was Trey Cooley, who has been pretty exceptional through the first few games. Wasn't really able to do a whole lot. Jamal Haynes, I think, had 95 yards on 18 carries. Had a pretty good game. Dante uh, Brinke said that John, Dante Smith is back and healthy. He's been banged up the past few weeks. He, he would give a nice um, – if somebody's not getting going, like Dante could really come in and maybe hit an explosive play. He really – like having a guy that experienced behind those two guys is valuable, I do think. So with Lane out, obviously you're going to see Singleton get draw another start. Malik Rutherford, Dominic Blaylock, which he did say Dominic Blaylock was day-to-day. Like I would assume he plays, but you never know. Like it's at least noteworthy he said that, so – um, Abdul could come in. He caught a touchdown last week. Christian Leary's had a good couple weeks. So just really the three things, you know, I'm, I'm looking for on the offensive side of the ball. Be efficient in the red zone, be able to score touchdowns, run the ball more effectively, and don't shoot yourself in the foot with turnovers. That's the main thing. That That is the number one thing. You don't want to give them any hope. You, you don't want to allow any anything like that to happen. You want to come in, dominate, take care of business on that side of the ball. And I think the thing that would probably help with running the ball is probably the run blocking. Like I, I could talk about for their, the improvement of the line, it's been tremendous, especially in the pass blocking grades. Like you look at pass blocking efficiency via PFF, Georgia Tech's offensive line is number two. That That is incredible. Like think about where we were a year ago and think about where we are now in terms of offensive line play. And it's like you can't even tell the difference. It's, it's just so much better. Like it, they've done – Jeep Wade deserves a ton of credit for the job that he's done up front this year. And um, hopefully he can continue to, to improve these guys. You know, Ethan McKinney's a true freshman. He's going to get better and better each game. Um, with Jordan Williams being out, like having a guy that's experienced like Ja'Kai coming in, like that, that's a big help. So um, overall, pass blocking, very good. Run blocking could use a little bit of work. You know, you can see that um, – numbers, you know, really any metric you want to use, the run blocking needs to be better. And you're, you're facing a defense that, that 
couldn't stop a cold. Like it, it, it's they're, they're they're pretty poor on the uh, defensive side of the ball. Rushing yards allowed per game, 154.2, which is 95th in the country, sixth in the MAC. And you know, just to put that in perspective, like the MAC is probably the second worst conference I would say in college football this year. After I think they're probably above Conference USA, which is pretty bad. Um, but the MAC is not a strong conference. Like they have some decent. Like I think Ohio is a pretty good team. Um, there's a couple others in there. Like I, but this is not a, a Maxion podcast. There's other things for that. So overall, like their run defense isn't very good. I think their passing defense numbers are inflated because teams don't throw the ball on them that much. So run the ball better, be more efficient in the red zone. If you do that, I think they can play pretty close to perfect on offense. I don't really have any concerns about the passing game. Haynes King's been very good. The receivers have been very good. And I'm I'm sure at some point in in, in the game, Eric Singleton's gonna catch a touchdown because he's he gets one per game at least. So, you know, he's 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 been tremendous so far. Let's transition over to the other side of the ball where Georgia Tech up until last game had been kind of a mess, and then they had a great performance. Bowling Green has been a disaster. On offense, um, out you know, throw away that game against an FCS opponent. They they've been really bad. Um, they they've scored under ten points in two straight games against Michigan and um Ohio last week. They only scored seven, only averaging eighteen points a game, which is seventh in the MAC and one hundred nineteenth nationally. That it's not great. Um, their quarterback situation is Connor Basilak, who I don't know if, if many I'm sure some of y'all might recognize that name. He played it. He started at Missouri, went to Indiana. It wasn't working out there. Now he's at Bowling Green, and it's it's been um, okay. He's thrown for 499 yards this year, three touchdowns, five interceptions, completing 56.3 percent of his passes. He had a disastrous first game against Liberty. I think they had five total turnovers in that game. Their other quarterback, Camden Orth. He's been he's 15-23 this year, 206 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. And look, their passing attack, it's not, it's not great. And that that's probably been a strength of Georgia Tech's through the first few games. Um, has been their pass defense. Like Kenan Johnson coming up with the interceptions he did last week. Clayton Powell Lee has been very good this year. Jalen King, ACC defensive back of the week. Like he had a very good performance this year. Um, or last week, excuse me. So this is this is not where you're going to see Georgia Tech secondary be tested. What you just don't want to have any breakdowns or miscommunications that allow big plays because I'm sure early on they're going to throw the kitchen sink at you. They're going to do anything they can to try to hit a big play, hit an explosive, and try to get ahead early and try to keep the defense on their heels. Georgia Tech so far this year. So I'm sure that Bowling Green is going to come out, throw, try to throw some haymakers. Over the top, you know, receiver-wise, um, they actually – their tight end is pretty good. Harold Fannin Jr., 11 catches, 144 yards and a touchdown, which is it's pretty good for a college tight end, to be honest with you. Um, but he, he is probably the only guy you might want to just circle and say, all right, he, he, he could be – he could give us a, maybe a matchup problem. Um, their run defense is uh, – or their rushing offense, it's – it's not it's not anything special. 128 yards a game, seventh in the MAC, 94th in the country. Um look. Last week. I know they allowed over two hundred yards again, but I mean damn Wake ran the ball fifty two dang times. Like it's you're gonna get some it's it's basically like when you play an option team, like yeah, they they may have ran for two hundred fifty, three hundred yards on us, but they ran it sixty, seventy times. So 
Um, run defense wasn't a huge concern last week. They did let a couple of explosives get off the edge a little bit. Miss tackling is still it's hit or miss. The pass rush showed up in a big, big way last week. Um, you know, I talked about last week. Wake was one of the near the bottom in the ACC in terms of sacks allowed, and Georgia Tech answered the call. Eight sacks. Kyle Kennard led the way with four. KJ Wallace got one on a blitz. There were some other guys getting involved. It was it was really what they needed, and now you just got to put one performance and put another one on top of it. Like that's just really what you're looking to do. Just keep stacking performances like that. That's how you um that's how you improve as a football team. Like that's just that they gotta. Have, there's gonna be much better offenses down the road, including next. Like Miami is gonna be a very big test for this defense. North Carolina, Clemson, Georgia down the road. You got to. I want to see. You want to see another perfor- good performance from this defense because if you come out and have a bad performance, then you know it's you don't want to have that against Bowling Green. So obviously, you know Kyle Kennard will get the headlines. He he played very well last week. You know I want to see him put another good performance together. And just the number one thing I want to I want to see is the run defense. No miss I won't say no missed tackles. That's almost impossible for anybody. But keep the missed tackles to a minimum. Make tackles for loss. Like they've they've still got to do a better job of you know creating loss plays and getting teams behind the chains because when you're not putting teams behind the chains, they're just going to keep running it. Like you're not going to be put in advantageous situations where you can rush the passer because look, I don't think this is an elite pass rushing team, but I think one of the reasons their numbers have been so low up to that point was because teams are just going to continue to run the ball like that. That's um, I, I want to see them get some stops on early downs, create some havoc, force. If you force Bowling Green into long down and distant situations, you're bound to get a turnover from one of these quarterbacks. Like they are 119th in the country in turnover margin. I think they're minus 11. If I they're minus five, they're 119th in turn. Excuse me, they're 119th in turnover margin, minus five for the year. It's been really ugly for Bowling Green on that side of the ball. Um, no matter what quarterback they're playing. So this is a, a nice a, another confidence booster for the Georgia Tech defense, and it's one they're going to need. Like that, I think that's something I'm, I'm looking to see this week because I've said it the past couple weeks, I sound like a broken record, but I've gotten to the point where the offense, like I don't really worry about it. Like, you know, it's um, obviously I want to see them have a good performance. If they play good defenses, they could have trouble. But like they, they've proven that that week to week, they're, they're, they're pretty known. Like they, they, they go out and get, get the job done. Now it's the defense. You got to go out and have another good game. You had one last week. Can you do it again? I'm also watching the linebacker um, snap counts like that. They, they've been splitting it up a little bit. Trenelius Tatum and Paul Maala, like they they start and get the majority of it. But Andre White in limited snaps this year has been like sneaky good. And that's, you know, I know PFF grades are not for everybody. Not not everybody digs that kind of thing and, and or believes it really. But you, you when you ha- have a guy, I think he has a 90.4 grade overall in like a limited action this year. I kind of want to see if they can get him more involved in different ways. like. I know um, in the preseason, Bill Conley over at ESPN, who does a lot of really good work, he wrote Andre White as one of the players he was excited about to watch for Tech just because he, in his limited amount of snaps at A&M, he created a lot of havoc. And like so far, he's he's done that. Like I, I'm interested to see if maybe his snap count goes up. Kyle Eford's been playing a pretty good bit. I want to see maybe if he can earn more snaps going forward with his play. Linebacker play has not, has not been great. You know, when you rank near the bottom of the country and run defense, like that's what that'll do to you. Um, so I want to see maybe if some guys can earn more back there. The secondary is playing well right now. Um, they, they forced some turnovers last week. I want to see them do it again. And then, you know, defensive line, um, of course, the run defense just takes priority over everything given the way the year's gone. 
but also the, the pass rush. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't know how many times Bowling Green. I think Bowling Green's going to come in and try to hit explosives, but I think their main goal is going to be to try to test this run defense in any way they can to see if you, if Georgia Tech can get pressure and and put them in long down and distance situations. These two quarterbacks turn the ball over. I promise. Like they're they're that's just what they do. That, that's how it's going. And just on a side note, like. I know that like Key brought it up this week. They they did play a tight game against Michigan in the first half. I talked about it earlier this week. Michigan is screwing around right now. Like I don't think they're like these the easy opponents they're playing up until they play Penn State and Ohio State. I don't think they're taken seriously. Like that they're running at a playing at a very slow pace. They're not looking to really dominate and blow anybody out. I wouldn't read too much into that as a saying, oh, they played Michigan close. George Tech needs to be careful. No, it's Michigan knew they had the game one before they kicked it off, got up early, and then just like, like they played slower than Army and Navy do. Like that, that it was that they, they're playing a really funky brand of football right now. But Bowling Green is it's just they're not a very good team. They're probably bottom ten, bottom fifteen in the country. And you know, when, when we talk about X factors for a game like this, to me, it's just come out. Don't be overlooking them. Like I know I'm sitting here saying they're not a very good team, and they're not. But, like, as a player, you don't want to read too much of that. Come out, it, handle your business, play a clean game. I, I don't want to see any – obviously, I want to see this team come out as healthy as it can be. Um, because we got a big Next week. You know, I, I'll, I'll talk plenty more about the Miami game next week. But it, it's a good test to see, okay, how much have we improved this year? Um, and I just don't want to see anybody go down against Bowling Green. That's my nut. When, whenever there's a game with a big spread in it, that, that should be your number one goal. Come out of it, help, dominate, come out of it healthy. That's what I want to see. I want to see if the offense can just be more efficient than it's been, you know, not settle for field goals, and if the defense can have another good performance, and if they, they can have their best game of the year against the run. That's what I want to see, if they can have their best game of the year against the run because you're not playing a good offense. Like, there's their tight end is pretty good. Other than that, I don't think anybody on Bowling Green is going to play in the NFL. I don't think many of them would play in the ACC. Like, it, it's – you're overwhelmingly more talented than your opponent, and I just want to see him come out and play like it. Um, So, I, I know that was kind of a long-winded list of X factors, but, look, I just list them all for the offense and the defense. Don't turn the ball over. Stop the run. Be explosive. Boom. There's a blowout, and, look, I'm not going to sit here and – uh, really give you much more of a prediction. Like it's, I expect Georgia Tech to come out and win this game. I don't. I would probably pick them to cover. Look, I'm in no way a gambling expert. You should never take my advice on that ever. Um, I would probably the spread I think right now is 21 and a half or 22. I would probably pick them to cover that. I would worry if I was if I was doing that. Georgia Tech getting that big and Bowling Green getting some sort of backdoor cover. Um, and I would probably take the over as well because I do think they're. They played well last week, but there's always a chance Bowling Green hits a couple of explosive runs because of poor tackling. I think Georgia Tech can score at will on this Bowling Green defense, so I would probably take Tech to cover, but I, you probably might take the over two because I, it could. I think there's a chance Tech could score 50 this week. I, I'm anxious to see maybe if they can go put a number up like that and uh, get ready for Miami. So that's my prediction and breakdown. Um, Earlier this, let's move transition away from one sport to another. Um, also volleyball, big. Big match this Friday against Virginia Tech. Uh, they're eleven and one this year, uh, doing really well. Like that, I can't shout them out enough. They play really well. Um, and let's go from one sport to another. Let's talk a little basketball. Look, basketball season's still a little bit away. 
Uh, but Damon Stoudemire and Nell Fortner both did meet with the media this week, and the schedules came out that night. I think it's the the schedule is is, is pretty um, interesting. We'll start with the men's side first. You you do have an exhibition against Clark Atlanta, November first. Non conference schedule includes Georgia Southern, How, Howard, UMass Lowell at Cincinnati. You have the ACC SEC Challenge, which I'm sure people will look forward to. That game is at home. So Mississippi State, and then they get one early conference game. They play Duke at home, and look, I don't need to tell anybody. Duke is going to be one of the favorites to win the ACC, possibly be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. So that's going to be a big game at McCamish. So ACC play doesn't really pick back up until January with a road trip to Florida State. They do go to Duke um, and also host Virginia at home. Look, I think it's pretty evenly spread as far as the game goes. Uh, you don't really see a ton of games where they're playing one ranked team in, in front of, at least as of right now, like that obviously can change, but I have some interesting uh, contests at home. Obviously Duke being one of them. Um, they, they do have to go to Miami who's coming off a final four run. So you get two. You also you get two sec non-conference games, obviously playing Georgia in Athens this year, Mississippi state comes to Atlanta. So There'll be some nice tests early on for Damon Stoudemire, and we'll see how they uh, – we'll see how they, they fare against Duke early in the season because, that, again, that that'll, that could give you a, a glimpse of how, how the rest of the season could go, and obviously it's really early in conference play. So, yeah, it would be huge for the team. As far as the side goes, that they, they do play some, some very, very good teams this year. And the the non-conference schedule for them had been pretty well known up to to that point, but the the full ACC schedule had not been released up to that point yet. So, starts and they they end a little bit earlier. They I think they end in late February. So, look, if you have a chance to come out and see both of these teams this year. Be sure to do it. Um, I know everybody's focused on football right now, rightfully so, but I, they, the women's team's looking to have a bounce-back performance this year. I think they're going to get it. Like, I know they had two straight tournament appearances before last year. A little bit of a down season. Disappointing, obviously. But uh, hearing Fortner speak on uh, Monday or Tuesday, I believe, she sounded really confident in her team. So uh, this year they do get a game against Louisville, Miami, both made big runs last year. Like, nobody needs to tell you how good Louisville women's basketball is. It's very, very good. That'll be a good measuring stick for them. Miami, I believe they made an Elite Eight run. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I do think they did make an Elite Eight run, and they played both of those teams this year later in the year. So it'll be interesting to see where they're at at that point. So, look, we're still a month away. ACC tip-off is, I believe, October 25th. I'll be there. It's going to be a ton of content coming to you that way. But until then... Hopefully everybody can come out to Bobby Dodd and, and uh, give a nice crowd, give a nice home field advantage, and and see what this team can do. It's it's a really good opportunity to get to three and two before a big game next week. So anxious to see what they have, see if they can just they've done a good job at uh, cleaning up their mistakes from week to week, and we'll we'll see if they can do it this week. But for anybody joining in, really appreciate it. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, again. Like the video, subscribe, hit that notification bell to let you know when any new content comes out. If you're listening on podcast form, where I'm, I'm sure a lot of you do, be sure to give us a rating, leave a review, tell us tell us what you'd like to see going forward, and, and we're going to try to make this the best 
Georgia Tech experience it can be for the fans. So that that that's the that's the main goal here. Um, and, and any feedback would, would really help with that. So hopefully good crowd Saturday. Come out if you're able to. And I will check back in with you next week to recap this and look forward to a big, big game against Miami.